so much. All righty. Well, Tim's got us all geared up. I'll tell you what, there are so many folks behind the scene. I just can't thank them enough. Our setup crew that's here today and, and doing stuff and breaking stuff down. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on. And a lot of times I talk to folks and say, well, you know, I can't really do this or that. Man, you'd be surprised what you can do if you put down uh, a little time to the side and pray. We always take prayer warriors, keep us lifted up. You know what I mean? We can't say enough about that because we always say if God's not in it, we can't win it. So I want to talk about today, panic or purpose. This is kind of, it's just the way God's been working and cultivating in my heart and, and praying over the congregation and how he's been molding these messages in the last few weeks. And so what I really hope to do today is be able to take a look at God's word and allow the power of his word to move us from a state of panic sometimes when there's change or challenge, right? And, and take that insecurity, fear, and stuff like that that shackles us to defeat and move into the faith zone, all right, where our future is, where the purpose and hope and victory lay for us, okay? So that's what we hope to do today. So I want to talk a little bit about um, panic and, and what we do, what happens so many times in our life. We just, when something new comes, a lot of times we just panic. You know, life's full of changes, difficult times, and things like that, and everybody responds different to change, right? Some people welcome it. Some people, man, that's great. Uh, years ago, I used to go over to one of my buddies' house, and, you know, my mom and dad were not big change fans. I always said, if I ever lose my sight, I need to move back to my folks' house because everything is in the exact spot. My mom's got everything right there. <laughs> when I would go over to my buddy's house, you know, we'd be playing a little bit, and we'd go play in his room. We'd come out next His mom would change the furniture and everything. Man, she just liked change, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but, man, that was a little different for me. I was like, man, we don't do that at my house like that. But that's okay, you know? So as we move on and we grow as a church body and church family, we know that there's change and challenges all the time. So as we move closer and closer to seeing God face to face, let's take a look at the journey. Remember we were talking about the journey a few weeks ago, that our destination is secure, but the journey sometimes gets a little rough. But you know what? If our, our faith is focused on Jesus Christ and the finished work of the cross, we will come out victorious. Now, those who weren't here uh, last week when we were preaching out in the field, I'm going to give you a little snip, snippet of what was going on because I'm going to kind of launch off that. We were talking about vision. You know, the Bible talks about in Proverbs says where there is no vision, the people perish. We've got to keep that vision out there. God's given us a vision to reach people for Jesus Christ, right? So with that being in mind, what we talked about last week, and I won't preach the whole sermon again, but uh, it, it was out of Numbers chapter 13 and 14, and we were talking about how Moses was chosen to bring the Israelites out of captivity from Egypt. And there was two guys that were really the main guys in the story there, which were Joshua and Caleb. And some of you know the story, and some might just need a little refresher on it. And what God had asked Moses to do to, is to choose a person from each of the 12 tribes, so we've got 12 all together, to go in and take a look at Canaan and kind of spy it out, see what's going on. And he says, you know what, I'm going to give this to you. Come back and give us, give us the report. So, right, there's a change, right? So here we go. They go on in, and they say, man, this is amazing. You know, it's all about perspective, right? So Joshua and Caleb said, man, this is great. The other 10 guys go, them guys are big. You know, they even talked about, hey, this is the land overflowing with milk and honey. Even to show the other folks, they went and they got like this big uh, batch of grapes, and the, the Bible talks about it being so big that they had to put it on a pole with one man in the front and one man on the back to bring it back, you know? But what happened was this. Once they got back, the panic set in to the other ten. And they began to, to whine a little bit. 
and, and, and start looking more of, of the, the size of their enemies instead of the size of their God. Amen? We're all guilty of that sometimes. I know I have to constantly renew my mind with the Word of God because sometimes we see things and we go, wow, this is tough, this is tough. Well, yeah, it is, but you know what? God is tough. And God lives in you if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. Amen? So what I want to do is take a look at that. So taking off from that point there, we know that two guys had a good perspective and they said, you know what? God said we can do it. We can do it. But the other ten kind of just quarreled and gossiped so much that it impacted the whole rest of the camp. And we know that the Bible says that, that God said, you know what? Since you guys are not going to trust me with this, all those that, that are not going to believe me, he says those from 20 years age and up, he said, you know what? We're just going to let you wander around here until you die dying day. And then those that will trust me, come on into the promised land. We know that's exactly what happened. And you know what? Caleb, even at his age, I think he was about 85 then. He was ready to roll. And not only that, you know something that I want to make sure you understand is they still had to fight the battle. See, a lot of times we just think they just said, okay. No, they still had to fight the battle, but they come out victorious in that. And that's real important because sometimes when we're dealing with panic and change or things like that and we get a little uneasy, we just want God to take it away. I know I do. I'm, I'm good. Okay, Lord, fix it. But sometimes God will work through those issues in your life to strengthen your faith so that you can help somebody else when the time comes. And also, guess what? You realize it's not about you, and Christ is totally exalted because of his working through you through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to break this down a little bit. If you've got your, your uh, paperwork with you, we're going to roll through that. I always love to have a little something with you so when you leave, you can say, hey, what did we talk about? You've got notes to go back and, and be encouraged with. So what exactly is panic? I found this little, little uh, deal here. I thought this was really good. And we'll take a look. I want to read through this thing here a little bit. First off, the definition is a sudden overwhelming fear with or without cause that produces a hysterical or, or rough behavior. It was the irritational uh, behavior. And um, I lost my place, sorry. And that often springs up quickly in a group of people or animals. I'm going to get to that in a minute. So a lot of times we start feeling kind of a little rough around the edges. We get a little threatened. Now, I hope everybody can see that. But this is what happens a lot of times when somebody kind of gets overwhelmed. And I'm not saying that this doesn't happen. Um, you know, if, you, if, if this happens to you, that there's a problem, you know what? I'm going to tell you what, how to correct that and let the faith of God build your faith, okay? So threat. A lot of times we feel threatened. Man, that alarm starts going off. Oh, my gosh, man, what are we going to do? There's change. There's something coming on. It goes on and says, oh, I'm not sure. I think my heart missed a beat. Have you ever been around and said, oh, my goodness. You know, and it just start, it's just start the momentum's going. Now they're saying, oh man, man, my heart's really pounding. What's going on here? I think something's wrong. You ever notice that? You can look at somebody and go, hey, how you doing? You go, what's wrong? Something on my face? <laughs> like, no, I just said, hey. You know, it's all about their perspective sometimes. So what happens is a lot of times, we'll be surprised as you look at people that a lot of times things going on is that we're just kind of holding on to things. We're not letting that forgiveness flow through. We're not letting the faith of God flow go through and a lot of times that that can be a lot of stuff that causes a lot of stress and we know that stress is a number one thing these days right if you go to the doctor and they can't figure it out they say it must be stress right so we're going around here and then they finally get to say man if i didn't just sit down if i didn't sit down oh my gosh i think i would have had a heart attack so that's just some some of the ways and i think all of us has felt like that sometime or another now this last thing it said about this hysterical behavior. And we know that's what was happening in the camp with Moses. They were saying, man, we just can't do it. We can't do it. We can't do it. And that panic set in there. And look how it impacted generations. 
you know? And I know that a lot of times when we get a little uneasy, it impacts the whole family, right? So it also said that it quickly spreads through a group of people or animals. Now I want to tell you a little home story. Now many of you guys know that we just love animals and we've got a lot of rescues. And our last rescue is, is our, our doll baby, Sasha. She's an amazing 45-pound lab, right? And we thought, my goodness, why in the world did somebody not bring this dog home? She's beautiful. She's great. You know, we love her. She's awesome. And we had her months on end, and we've had her a long time now. But months on end, and then one day the storm came. And we go, I think I know why she was looking for a new home, maybe. Our dog decided that she wanted to climb on top of our head, on the back of the toilet, uh, anywhere she could, try to get out the window, she started to panic. Now, you know what? Because of different things she'd probably been through in the past, that was very real to her. But let me tell you what we found out as time goes by and responded to that. How we responded to her had a great impact on how the end result came out. You know? Even to the point, you know, we, we got our nice little jacket to kind of keep her calm. And then we talked to the vet, and he said it's not unnormal for some of these things. Have to give her medication, you know, a little bit. And that's not bad at all. But if you wait too late to give her the medication, you need to take the medication. I'm going to tell you that right now. You'll be taking the medication. But the number one thing I see out of all that is if you can just kind of hold her a little while and speak over her and start talking to her. That seems to soothe her better than anything else. How often do our words soothe those in our relationship with us? And our family things. Or do we take that and do we create even more panic, right? So what I want to show us today is when the challenges come, what voice are you listening to? All right? Very good. Now let's get ready to pull out our, our sheet here and we're going to jump right into it. That was just like a little intro. Let's take a look at this. What happens from that? We start feeling insecure, right? And fear. So what is insecurity? Lack of confidence or assurance of self-doubt. A lot of times when something new is coming on or, or we have to um, face the music, we've got to step out of the box. Maybe it's a presentation. Maybe it's doing something different. Just change sometimes produces that and it's a lack of confidence or, or self-doubt. But I want to tell you again, when we go back and define ourselves by the word of God of who we are in Christ, things start to change. Amen? So what else happens is this. We start coming to a crossroads. And man, we start feeling the fear. I heard it said one time that fear could be defined as false evidence appearing real. See, the, the devil doesn't mind you getting a hold of the, the negative stuff because that's when he starts speaking into your life and wants to ramp it up. And the next thing you know, we go, how did we get here from there? So that's what he wants our eyes on. So this is what happens so many times. The what ifs kick in. Now, we did a sermon some time ago called Woulda, Shoulda, Coulda. You know, man, I, I, I would have done that if, or I should have done this, but... You know, but the what ifs start kicking in. Now, I want you to see, we're going to take this thing and we're going to walk through a progression from panic, right, into the purpose when we put our faith to work. So let's take a look at this a little bit. What does the what ifs talk about? What ifs. It's kind of like this. What if I can't make it? What if the money doesn't come on time? What if... And you can just fill in the blank, whatever that is for you, because it's very real at the time. And what happens is, guess what? Just like those Israelites, right? The other ten start going, well, what happens if they're too big? What happens if we can't make it? We're going to get killed. What if, what if, what if? And you know what? If we could change that and put it, what if God intervenes? Well, you know he will. Are we, are we going to trust him with that? But this is what happens so much. It starts to create confusion 
chaos, and discontent. You say, well, why are you saying that? Because you know what? I, I, I've talked to a lot of different pastors and preachers and stuff, and no matter what, you know, and it seems like sometime it, you're going to bump into that. Everybody, you can't keep everybody happy all the time. But you know what? If we can focus on Christ, right, I can guarantee you that we'll have much less crisis. Amen? So this is something else I want to take a look at this. You can see how fast it starts to produce fear, just like it did with the Israelites. You can see in your own life. I can see at our own house. Let me tell you, I look, I view thunderstorms a lot different now. I was like, oh, okay, the windows are up. Now I go, uh-oh, who's going home with Sasha? Because we need to make sure everything's all right. Or we might not have, we have a room addition when we get home. But you know what? Because that's very real to her. But if we take that time and come alongside of her and assist her, uh, and assist her we can see that it makes all the difference in the world when we speak life over her, all right? Everybody got the sheets moving on, right? Now, this is where we start transitioning a little bit. We talked about the insecurity. We talked about the fear. This is where I want you to really listen close, right? This is what transitions us from the panic to the purpose. And we start putting our faith in this. We can start seeing what's going on. Now, I chose this verse right here. Psalm 57, 2 says, I cry out to God most high, to God who fulfills his purpose for me. All right? Let's take a look at this. Is she clicking? Here she goes. Faith is the transition from fear to freedom. I want you to write that down. Faith is the transition from fear to freedom. I'm going to read a little bit more on this, but first I want to tell you, look at this. We can't stay where we are and grow. We've got to be moving forward. As we read the Word of God and we teach the Word of God, we have to put our feet to our faith and feet together to see what God has for us because He's got a purpose for us and He wants us to complete the task. He has a plan for our life, all right? But what we need to do is, instead of focusing on the panic and things going on, which are real a lot of times when we see these things that can be overwhelming, when we put our faith, focus, purpose, and freedom and fear all together right there, what it does, it starts working things together. Our faith in Christ and his sacrifice starts to free us from those shackles of doubt. Amen? That's what I want us to see today. See, Christ came for the purpose of setting us free from sin and to give us a future. Now, I'm going to give you a little more background on here. Psalm 57, 1 through 3. I always like to back it up with the word. I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes what was going on. This was a psalm written by David. And we've talked about David from time to time. We know that David was a warrior. He was a king. He was a man after God's own heart. He was a song and dance man for the Lord, so to speak. And David wrote this when he was on the run for his life. And we know before David became king that uh, Saul had, uh, Samuel had anointed him as king as a very young boy. And it was about 30 years from, from the pastor where he was to the palace and what was going on was the king at that time Saul was out to kill him and so this is written by David and they said they believed that he was in a cave hidden at this time but look at his focus even though he was he was stowed away his focus of his heart was on God have mercy on me oh God have mercy I look to you for protection I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until the danger passes by I cry out to God most high to God who will fulfill his purpose for me Fulfill his purpose. He was looking past the problem into the fulfillment of what God had promised him. Many of you guys are here today might have a word from the Lord that somebody had spoken over your life maybe long ago. And you say, man, buddy, it seems like a long time. I want to encourage you to keep pushing in and holding to the promise, all right? And he goes on to say, he says, he will send help from heaven to rescue me, disgracing those who hound me. My God will send forth his unfailing love and his faithfulness. He was focused on the love of Christ. He was focused on the purpose of Christ. 
and it was focused on the freedom that he had in Christ. Now, what I want to also say in here is, is that he had confidence, not in himself, but in his Savior. Amen? See, a lot of times, just like I said, we may be going through things, and we go, man, I just don't know what I'm going to do. You know, it might not be something that we can do other than pray. But ultimately, I can promise you, God is working all those things together on your and my behalf because he is for us. Amen? Very good, very good. And here's a little something here I want to go on as we transition through. And this is another psalm written by David. And it's very powerful. It's in Psalm 138, 7 and 8. It says, Though I am surrounded by troubles, you will protect me from the anger of my enemies. You reach out your hand, and the power of your right hand saves me. The Lord will work out his plans for my life. For your faithful love, O Lord, endures forever. Don't abandon me, for you made me. David constantly goes back to his relationship. His relationship with the Lord. We always talk about our relationship here. You know, a lot of times you hear people talk about religion, which is a lot of different rules a lot of times if you really break it down. But we always talk about relationship. We're talking about our relationship with God the Father through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. From what he did for us, dying on the cross and shedding his blood to bring us back into the right relationship with God because we all have that sinful nature. But let me tell you, God had a plan. He has the living hope for us. This is the whole deal. deal. If you look at freedom the, the, from when we go from our faith in Jesus Christ, it brings forth the freedom to worship God, to be all we can be in God, and it breaks the shackle of doubt and panic. Amen? See, that's what I want us to see today, how that, that the insecurity and the doubt and all those things shackle us where we just we go, man, we just can't move. We just can't move. We get overwhelmed by the fear, and our focus becomes so great on the fear of whatever that problem is. If even, even if the answer was right here, you're so focused on this right here, I don't see somebody coming alongside of me to help. You know? And let me tell you, just like when we were going out the other day, and we go back to the shine your light thing, it would have been very easy for us to focus on, man, we got to lift those tents up. Man, we got to get the generator. Man, I hope the stage is there on time. Man, we got to have the porta potties. I hope it's not going to uh, rain. You see what I'm saying? We can start running that tape. Boom, 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 boom. Or we can say, man, we're going to be like Caleb and Joshua. You know what God said? He's going he's gonna to make a way for us. And God did. Let me tell you, we've been doing this. That was uh, 12 years of doing this. This is our first time to do it in our hometown. It was a very, very awesome opportunity. And everybody stepped up to the plate. Again, you know, I mentioned... When, when the kids were doing some of the stick with God things and routine, there's no denying what that's about. Car after car after car going by. I'm going, wow, what's that about? Planting that seed. Even some of the raffles. A lot of folks I work with run the raffle. Guess what? When we went back to give them their prize and say, hey man, let me tell you what God did. That was another opportunity, another doorway to tell them about the goodness of God, right? That's awesome. Now I want to tell you another story. While we were there Sunday... And many of you know this, but I'll give you a little behind the scenes if you weren't. As we were playing, I noticed all the way across the field, there was a gentleman over there, and he was weed-eating and working. And I kept seeing him looking up. I'm a people watcher. I'm playing guitar, and he's watching. We come down, and we start preaching. And we're all about talking about the vision and getting out behind the church walls, through the church walls, impacting the lives for Christ. And I looked up, and I saw that man put stuff in his, in his vehicle, and I saw him grab something, and I saw him start walking. Let me tell you, what a blessing. 
That guy walked all the way across that field, sat right in the middle, and we got to worship with him. And as I talked to him a little bit, he said, you know, he's away from home, and he was doing a little work here, and he says, you know what? He said, I talked to my pastor the other day where I, where I live. He said, I don't care where you're at. He said, I don't care where you're at. He says, if there's an opportunity, you go and you worship the Lord. And he said, the whole time I was working, that's all I could hear. Go and worship the Lord. Go and worship the Lord. He said, I just stopped. And he came over. And he was a blessing to us to give us an opportunity. Again, when we see God drawing, see, that's the power of God's word. Drawing people in by the Spirit of God. Right? That's what God's about. Drawing people in. Drawing people in to hear the goodness of God so that the impact in lives can be changed for the kingdom of God. We're always about kingdom. You might not know this, but you know what? Everybody that we could talk to as far as other churches in the area, we invite it. Anytime we see this, come on. It's not about a church thing. It's about a kingdom thing. And we try to stay very focused on that. We want it to be about Jesus. Something else we were talking about. A lot of you guys uh, know a lot of my friends from the CMA, Christian Motorcycle Association. Been doing stuff with them for years. This, this is a blessing. And we've been doing stuff with them, I don't know, seven, eight years doing a, a sunrise service, right? And I love doing that. But I also would like to do one with our church. And I was like, how are we going to bridge this gap? And so I said, hey, guys, what do you think about doing something like that? All of us doing it together. They've already got a place already set up and all that, and that's good. You know what it said? That's what I love, kingdom-minded. And, and the president says, buddy, well, you know we're all about whatever gets the most availability and, and, and everything for, for God, visibility for God, excuse me. See, kingdom-minded. He said, I don't care where we're at. Let's just come together and praise the Lord. So I've got a feeling we're going to have an awesome time come next year, but we don't have to wait till then to start praising the Lord and taking his word outside of here. Amen? Because we have freedom in him. We've been released to go and do what God's called us to do. Let's take a look around here. Now, the next thing we got on our sheet is the future. And a lot of time, our future can overwhelm us. You know, a lot of times, we just don't have the full plan. And in my life, I'm really glad that I didn't have all the plan that God had for me because I want to tell you, I would have buckled like a wet floor towel. I had no idea. As you all know, this, I didn't set out to be a preacher. I didn't set out to do any of that stuff. But God so graciously kept drawing me, just like we talked about the man in the field, drawing me to himself, drawing us together to a place of worship. And that's just so awesome. Well, let's take a look at our future because I know that it's bright. Jesus is our living hope. See, when we understand that Jesus is our living hope, things change all the way around. I want you to understand that we have hope in Christ. And I, I wrote a little something down here. I thought it was really neat. I said, your future can never be brighter than when you're walking in the sun. S-O-N. That's a good thing to write down. When we're in the sun, when we're abiding. Remember a few weeks ago we were talking about John 15, 5? I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remain in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Man, because that we're fruitful, because we came together as a group of believers with a common goal, common goal to reaching people for Christ, exalting Jesus Christ. Amen? And you see how God worked in that and blessed in that. That was just awesome. We always have our hope in Christ. Amen? We have a fresh start. How many like to have a fresh start? We talk about that from time to time. Aren't you glad that his grace and mercy is new every day? He doesn't even give you any leftover mercy and grace. New every day. That's how big God is. That's how much God loves you. And I'll tell you what. I just, I just feel like we need to hover here for just a minute. Man, I'm going to tell you what. Forgiveness is, is, is just a fruit of God. And I just want to encourage you today, and I'm going to take a bite of that myself. We need to just 
really receive the forgiveness that God has bought for us. I don't know what it is or what's been going on or anything else, but I don't know. If you're just living your regular life and doing things, things come against you. And sometimes we don't respond the way that we probably should. But I'm going to tell you what, God's grace and mercy and forgiveness is available for you today. Aren't you glad? Amen? Because our living hope is Jesus. We have a secure destination. You know, a few weeks ago, and I just love to build the momentum on the things that we've been doing because we can pull back and, and, and kind of reach out of what God's been teaching us to encourage us. It's kind of building that, that great foundation. Ultimately, the cornerstone is Jesus Christ. But the Word of God, as we continue to build and stand on that, we know that our destination is secure. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ came and paid the price for our sin. Now, you know, I don't know if you guys ever noticed this or not, but usually before I even get to the end, I probably told you what, what, what it takes to get to heaven two or three times. Because that's the deal. I want you to understand that our sin separates us from an awesome and holy God. But I want you to understand that he paid the price to bring us back into that relationship. See, that's the whole momentum of what we're talking about here, reaching people for Jesus Christ. It shouldn't be any, every one of us in here by prayer is, is, is that they could tell somebody what it takes to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. And you know what? If you don't think you have any sin in your life, let me just ask you a couple questions. Have you ever lied? Have you ever taken anything that wasn't yours? Have you ever used the Lord's name in vain? In vain right? Well, he says if you break one of the Ten Commandments, you broke them all. So guess what? You're a candidate for grace. Amen? I know I am, and I just pray that each one receives that today. All right? Now, I want to... I Crank it up another notch here. We have a mission. We have a mission as believers in Christ. What's that? What is that mission? God wants us to make a difference. God wants to use your life. Yeah, your life. See, I say our life. I'm going to make it personal. Your life, right? Even if your birthday's today. Yep. Thought I forgot about that, didn't you? <laughs> and even if your birthday was last week. Thought I forgot about that. And even if your birthday's coming. All right, so I'll just smooth that right on in there for all the birthday boys and girls, right? God bless y'all. But you know what? God's got a plan, and God wants to use you because God's got a mission for you. All right, y'all ready for this? I thought y'all would like this. You are now leaving the comfort zone, all right? All right? This is where we put the feet of faith to work. Everybody ready? Here we go. All right. This is what I want you guys to look at. What we do here is we want to train you up in the Word of God. We want to encourage you in the Word of God so that you can leave the comfort zone and reach people for Jesus Christ. Amen? That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. This is how we walk into our promised land. Remember we talked about the Israelites? They're like, oh, they got right to the edge, man. They got right. Oh, man, that looks so good, but I think I'll wait. You know? I just believe that God's got greater things yet to come for us as, as a, a body. I believe that God's got greater things for each one of us individually because you know what? He paid way too high a price not for you to cash in on and me as well. But how do we do that? We put some feet to our faith, all right? Here we go. Let's take a look at this. Coming to the close here. You guys doing all right? Everybody say amen, at least both of you. Amen. Man, it sounds like we've got a packed house. That's good. Good deal. Boy, I'm going to get you out of your comfort zone now. So what do we do? We preach. They go, I don't preach. Huh? Come on, Bob, say something. <laughs> He's over there. I sit up the chair, but I ain't saying nothing. Well, you know what? I appreciate all that. What I mean by preach, when I was breaking this down, 
we all have the opportunity to preach, okay? We all do. And I'm going to break that down. But you know what? A lot of us were preaching the other day when you're cooking them hamburgers and hot dogs. God bless you. Hey, when you're running sound and you really want to say, that sounds really loud, and you go, can you turn it down just a little bit? Thank you. You know, you're seeing some of those Christ-like characters come forth. You know, that's awesome. Well, let's take a look at this one. Break this down for us. If we take the P, we can look at proclaiming God's goodness. Amen? We can do that. Give a testimony of what God's been doing in your life. That's part of preaching, right? We can reach people. That's what we did last week, and we can still do it today. Every day we can reach out and share with somebody. Maybe call a friend. Maybe somebody that hasn't been here in a while. Maybe give them a call and say, hey, we missed you. We're not tracking you down. Just want to say if everything's all right, how can we pray for you? We can reach out, and we can reach in, too. Amen? We need to equip. We know this is a great great time for me to talk about our small group on Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock at the uh, library. Everybody's invited. We, we try to equip our team and our, and our church family so that we can be strong in the Lord. Amen? Here we go. Assist. It doesn't take much to come alongside somebody. Sometimes it's just a kind word. Maybe it's holding a door. Maybe it's, maybe it's, it's sitting with somebody at the hospital. Maybe it's taking a call. I don't know what it is, but I, I'm asking the Lord today to show you what he'll have you to do in each one of these categories, all right? C, communicate. Man, how many battles have started because of the lack of communication? If we could just communicate. If you think about that even in your, in your home life, you know, it's amazing. I, I've never seen this before until I got married. I could come home and my wife's cooking and I go, this is what I say, I go, what time do we eat? And by the time it gets all the way over here, it must go something like this. What have you been doing? Laying around all day, the food's not ready? And I'm going, because what comes back? Well, I've been working all day. I'm trying. It's just only going to be about 15 minutes. Can't you just hold your horses? I'm going, what happened? And I realize the devil's in charge of the airwaves. Sometimes I'm thinking, what did I say? I only said like five words. I said, you're beautiful. Sure. <laughs> Woo! Man, I should have brought McDonald's home. You know? It's just the truth sometimes. It, is, it only happens at my house. Everybody's going to go, yeah, that happens at our house too. It is amazing. It's amazing. Or let me go with another one. Or here's a good one. Thomas, we got to get here early. Got it, Pop. Thomas, we got to Please, son, we got to be there early. Okay. Shower's running. Son, you've been in here 35 minutes. You're going to be a prune. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm thinking, okay. I'm glad the boy's clean. I'm looking at the right side. Praise the Lord. So we need to communicate. Try to communicate with Mr. Wonderful there. All right. And I'm sure, I'm sure it doesn't happen the other way around, right? I'll let Denise will be preaching on that next week. <laughs> Y'all, we'll probably have an hour and a half on that one. So communicate. You know what? Is it good to laugh a little bit? You know it is, man. It really is. Sometimes, sometimes we've got to laugh at the guy in the mirror first. You know? I always say this. I'm preaching to me first. There's always room for a little bit of assistance in my life. Amen. And also help. Sometimes we think help is telling you what's wrong with everything. Well, I can help you if you did this and this and this and this. That would never happen. That's not exactly the help I'm talking about. I'm talking about maybe sometimes your ear. Maybe sometimes, like I said, opening the door. Maybe sometimes it's just, like I said, listening. 
Man, I tell you what, a good listener is a good friend. You got any of them? I want to call them. No. <laughs> but you know what? A good listener is a good friend sometimes. Because like we said many times before, a lot of times you already have the answer. God's already spoken the answer into you. But, but we've focused and panicked on the inside so much that we've never really let it take hold and grab hold to, to break loose of that shackle. And you know, it's funny. Sometimes when I talk to people, they go, and I'm going, I don't say nothing. Yeah. Give them the old point. You know, one of those. Because, you know, how many, now let's just be honest. How many sometimes you really don't want anybody's input? You just want their ear, right? Everybody looking at their spouses, they go, boy, I wish I had a video of that. You know, a lot of times, help comes in all different sizes and shapes and stuff, but mostly it comes through a loving, compassionate spirit. And you know what? That's what we have as God works in our life. Amen? So I'm going to tell you what. There is something for each one of us to do. Let's pull this together here and we're going to wrap it up. Our, really, our hope is this. To evangelize the sinner, right? To equip the saint and exalt the Savior. What do you mean by this? You know, when I say evangelize the sinner, we know we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of the Lord, right? Of the grace of God. So that's all of us. What we want to do, we want to evangelize them. What does that mean? We want to tell them the good news of Jesus Christ. We want to tell them that they don't have to go to hell, that Jesus made a way, right? And there is a place called hell. We just want to inform them. We're not beating them down. We're just telling them, hey, look, this is what God's did, God did, and this is what God said, and this is for you. Man, will you receive it? That's it. And equip the saint. We want to grow in our relationship with the Lord, not only with the Lord, but with each other as a community, right? As a group, as a family. It takes time when we're together, right? And also, the, the number one thing I love about this, and it just ties in, we want to exalt the Savior. We want to lift the Lord up. So I'm going to ask Miss Tanya to come as, as we get ready to wrap this up. And we're going to kind of just go back. Let's take a look at that sheet. You know, we talked about the insecurity that comes a lot of times when we're focused on the problem. And what happens from that? It produces the fear. I want you to remember this, that the transition point from panic to purpose, right, is our faith in Jesus Christ, right? With that, we have the freedom, right? We have the freedom to love and live the life that Jesus has for us. Now, that's just freeing to know. How many know that it's kind of freeing to know that when you call on the name of the Lord and ask Him to come into your life, that you've been set free from those sins. That's pretty good, isn't it? Well, you know what? What that does is just like the next thing we got. It gives us a future. And I pray each person here has a future with Jesus Christ and they can start today. So I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads and I'm going to pray for you. And I'm going to ask you a couple questions here and just, just see where you're at today. You say, man, buddy, that was uh, kind of interesting. I, I, I can identify with those different things. You know, I think we can identify with a lot of them, but my question really is, are you identifying with Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? So if you're here today and you've never asked the Lord to come into your life, so you have that future with Him in heaven, that you have that future that takes place now and we grow in it as we go into relationship, I'm going to ask you this. If you die tonight, do you know for sure you go to heaven? You might say, well, buddy, I don't know. Well, you can know. He says, if you call upon the name of the Lord, we understand that our sin separates us from, from an awesome holy God, like I said earlier. That he says, you know what? All you got to do is ask me. And it's this simple. Lord, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin, Lord. Today, Lord, 
I want to live for you. And if you've done that today, if that's your prayer today, with nobody looking, if that's you, just look up here. And I want to just say thank you for praying that, being honest about it, because God wants to do a work in your life. And you can know, because he says if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in our heart, you've got to raise him from the dead, we will be saved. We don't try to make it hard here. God did the hard part. And I always like to carry it a little bit further. You know what? If we feel like we've just been under attack and stuff and there's things that, that you want to pray about, I tell you what, just look up here. I'm going to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Amen. There's things in our life that sometimes we just need a little extra TLC. Right now, I'm praying for my brothers and sisters in Christ. I'm praying for each one here. I'm praying for myself, Lord. Father, help us to focus on the future. Help us to focus on the now. Help us to focus on your love and your forgiveness and your freedom that was bought at the cross for the cost of your son shed blood. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm going to tell you what. I hope everybody enjoyed yourself today. We're going to send you off with a song. Uh, take your, your notes with you and review them things. And I want to encourage you to take a good look at Psalm 57 all together. Did anybody have a good time?